0: High and low, hot and cold, I looked everywhere for what I need. But now I know, now I know, I'm going back to loving me. That song always makes me smile. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to SOS, Soulfully Observant Sage. We're not doing orgasms tonight. I'm so glad you're here. I am your host, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Tonight is for all the empaths out there. We are discussing the empath-narcissistic relationship. And tonight is the last of a three-part series on narcissists. And you can find the archives on bbsradio.com forward slash SOS and also on my YouTube channel. And if you're joining me for the first time, thank you for being here and welcome. If you're returning, thank you. I love that you've come back to listen again. This show is nothing without you. I'd be doing this like shouting into a bucket all by myself if you were not here. So thank you for being here. I am a soul sculptor. I help you break the mold of past trauma and heartbreak, becoming softer, stronger, happier, maybe like some toilet paper, and infinitely more successful in all areas of your lives. And the foundation of my work is self-love. We can't expect others to love us if we don't love ourselves, right? So if you have a question or a comment tonight, please feel free to call in. We'd love to have you. And the phone numbers for this station are 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. I have had firsthand experience with both narcissists and being an empath, um, From a very early age, from day one, you could say, my mother is a narcissist. And for more than 35 years of inner work, I have come to a loving place with me. It's taken me a long time to get here, but I know the ropes. I know how to help others get to a place of happiness and joy, whether you've had a narcissistic relationship with someone or not. And so um, I've had a, a lot of of healing work that I've done with myself. And and I'm in a compassionate place with my past and my mom. And I'm in the process of healing, you know, in the process of healing my heart. I also healed my body, mind of fibromyalgia, Epstein-Barr, sinus infections, depression, anxiety, the list is long, let me tell you, and codependency. Uh, Depression and anxiety. An offshoot of having a mother that's a narcissist is codependency. And codependency is when we value a relationship more than we value ourselves. We put the relationship ahead of everything else. And that is to our detriment. Empaths and narcissists are the subject tonight. And the truth is that if you've had a narcissistic parent, you are likely an empath. If you've attracted narcissistic partners, you are most likely an empath, and you'll discover a lot more about yourself on this show. Trauma from um, any kind of heartbreak, or, or whether it's sexual trauma or, or abandonment as a child, does not go away, and we have to work through it, heal it, and uh, if we don't, we can develop. Fibromyalgia, autoimmune diseases, rheumatoid arthritis, bladder infections, sinus infections, pneumonia, depression, anxiety, diabetes, and even cancer. And cancer comes from the deep secrets eating away at us from the inside. Now, if you visit my website, jenniferelizabethmasters.com, you can go to my about page, about me page, and see what is possible with the power of the mind and a positive mindset and you can find my books, Odyssey, Victim to Victory, Orgasm for Life, and Sacred Relationships all on Amazon and also Audible. So let's look at the empath. Well, the empath is quite attractive, friendly, helpful, willing to get inside the other person's heart, and they often see the potential in others and might even marry someone based on what they see in another person. In other words, marrying the potential. However, (laughs) the potential doesn't always pan out. Um, And now there are uh, several checkpoints or indicators that someone is an empath. And here's an opportunity for learn to learn more about yourself. So number one, an empath picks up on the interperceptions of others. They hear, behind the scenes and they feel the vibe of other people. An empath is very sensitive, even delicate. They can feel another's pain. uh, They can read another's moods and sense energy of the world and even the planet. An empath might talk to plants, trees or animals or at least sense their distress. Empaths have a true passion to be helpful They enjoy finding out about another's needs and desires. Empaths are deeply moved by beauty and nature. And if you are an empath, you might even cry at the first snowfall, viewing a beautiful mountain, a deer, the Grand Canyon, for instance. And most empaths like to hike, be out in nature. They love the arts, um, the aesthetic side of life, and many empaths are artistic. So we are also drawn to spiritual things. You may have had thoughts like, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? (sighs) Empaths look for the deeper purpose in life with a rationale that guides them. Empaths are available to the underdog. We have a tendency to help those that are less fortunate. You might help a person in a wheelchair or homeless, disabled, someone that has difficulty with a dog or groceries. You might assist an elderly or ill person with shopping or cooking. Helping people who struggle is something that empaths often do. Empaths can be idealists. You might wonder why people of our country or the earth can't just get along. Why can't we all just get along? You may focus on joy, love, healing. If you're an empath, you likely believe in love. I know I do. Um, but there's there's a lot of other things that we believe in too. We, um, as empaths, have probably been scammed before, maybe a few times. Empaths need to be alone. Solitude is the counterbalance to absorbing Um, others' energy. You know, we're like a sponge. Fatigue often plagues empaths due to over giving or absorbing too much of others' energy in an effort to help them. If you're an empath, you likely treasure your time alone. You need downtime to recuperate. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? It must be great to feel so deeply and to actually know what others are feeling and even thinking. Yes? Yes. Well, there is a rub. Empaths attract narcissists because they have a desire to serve and the narcissist loves to be the receiver of the servitude. (laughs) Narcissists tend to be bossy, controlling and love to find people they can dominate. Although you wouldn't know it when you meet one for the first time, they can be very charming. The empath is vulnerable to controlling individuals and have a very difficult time saying no. They tend to enjoy being yes people. Yes, yes, yes. And since empaths have such a difficult time saying no, they need to focus on creating healthy boundaries. It could be one of those things that you work on your entire life. They can get in over their heads and often give away too much, often giving away the farm. <laughs> and may end up sick or overcommitted, and that can lead to sinus infections and other illnesses. So empaths are also very susceptible to guilt and having a narcissistic mother or father can program us very early to be manipulated by guilt. And guilt, as you know, is one of the lowest vibrating emotions. Well, maybe you don't. It is one of the lowest vibrating emotions. It is something that we do not want to live in or surround ourselves with. It it is not a very positive emotion. It's what you consider a negative emotion. And so um, shame, of course, is another very low vibrating emotion. And that narcissist can serve up steaming hot Empaths have a tendency to give too much and are over-responsible, often taking on the responsibilities of their parent, even parenting their mothers. Does this sound familiar? The downside. Well, there is a downside. Emotional fatigue, the fatigue can be so deep that it makes it difficult to get out of bed at times. You may wake up tired. The election probably has taken quite a toll on you. If you're an empath, you feel what everyone is feeling deeply. I know some people that cried the last election when they learned of who won. And so we need to really unplug from this All right. Depression and anxiety can be part of an impasse life at times. And I want to address these negative emotions because it is part of the coaching work that I do for my clients. I do energy clearing and energy clearing lifts these uh, deep emotions along with past lives and all kinds of other things that can help to heal the body and mind allow you to feel more joyful happier sleep better um, and if you go to my website there is a, a part there that talks about what is an energy you, what is an energy clearing what does it do so um, you can also. And here's, there's some freebies here if you listen carefully. Um, I have free energy clearings out on the web. If you Google free energy clearing, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, uh, there are some two of them on YouTube and a list of them if you uh, pull up the blog that has them attached. And there's also a free download on my website that transmutes worry and anxiety at jenniferelizabethmasters.com. Please do take advantage of these freebies. They are out there to help you feel better and they will do so immediately. So I also clear suicide ideation and depression. I have worked with people where I did one clearing, they never felt suicidal again. So just to reiterate these free energy clearings will help to sustain a healthy emotional balance and allow you to alleviate fear, feeling down or overwhelmed. Empaths need to be careful, not to shoulder the world's responsibilities or the the world's problems. And you can easily get caught up feeling that you haven't done enough. Or you might even feel guilty about not doing enough. And um, that is not a good thing. We've already talked about guilt and guilt can be a very, low vibration that brings you down. We don't want to do that. You can overemphasize ideals as an an empath and get caught up in how things should be. So, you know, I've had some people say, well, yeah, you don't want to should all over yourself. And, And so one of the words that I have eliminated from my vocabulary when I speak to myself is should. I have stopped telling myself I should do this or I should do that. And and it is one of those words that I try really hard to not use. And it, why? Because that should, it, it's actually a form of abuse, personal abuse. We don't wanna abuse ourselves. There's enough abuse going on out there. We don't have to abuse ourselves. All right, because empaths are sponges and often have narcissistic mothers, you can take on the narcissist pain as your own Holding on to emotional pain and deep secrets can cause cancer. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to get your energy cleared regularly. And Yoda is agreeing with me. I want to remind you that we are energy. Everything is energy. Emotions are energy. Holding on to resentment or anger can cause liver or gallbladder damage. Anger can also cause heart issues and high blood pressure. All of these things can be cleared, and with some guidance, you can learn how to stay calm and pull your energy back closer to you. So, think about playing poker. When you're playing poker, you hold your cards close to your chest. You don't want to stick your neck out into the energy field or, or send your energy out too far from you. You want to keep it in closer. And this is one of the things that the empath needs to learn how to do is keep their energy to themselves, as opposed to, I wonder what he's doing, I wonder what she's doing, and sending your energy out to take care of the world, you will end up drained and exhausted. We don't wanna do that. And downtime, I mentioned already, but I'm gonna say it again, it's imperative. So if you are burning the candle at both ends, getting up early, staying up late, on the internet all day long, or reading and 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 Google searching. You need to really watch that, guard your energy. And I remember some time ago when I said to a friend, I need to guard my energy. And he said to me, oh, nonsense. Well, he wasn't an empath. <laughs> so we need to do that. We do need to guard our energy. We need to be careful about what we do with our energy so being out in nature is very grounding it will allow you to release the emotions that you've held on to sitting against a tree can be helpful it's one of the things that i do is sit on my butt on the ground with my back up against the tree and i know it may sound a bit crazy but i'll ask the tree can you take away whatever i don't need can you take away my pain can you take away my sadness and the tree It's amazing. And you can just ask for the tree to transmute the energy. Energy can be transmuted. You don't have to have the tree take negative energy on. And there's plenty of ways to release negative energy that we take on from others. A hot Epsom salt bath is another. And if you don't have Epsom salts, throw a handful of just regular salt or sea salt in the water. And that will help you to release as well. boundaries are something that the empath really needs to work on. Learning how to say no is incredibly freeing. It is something that we need to practice. Recognize what is your responsibility and stop trying to fix everyone's unrest or problems. As an empath, you actually predict things that could happen, and you often preempt a problem from happening to make others feel comfortable. I know one of my clients and I were talking about this very thing yesterday. We sense what someone else is feeling. We sense their discomfort about something, and even before they say, could you please, we, if we're not sitting in, um, in our center, if we're not aligned, if we're not grounded, and if we don't have good boundaries, we may reach out and say, oh, it feels to me like you would like me to invite you over, or you, it feels like you need me to take care of this for you. So when we do that, we're offering our energy for something that hasn't been requested, Stop doing it because it's a bad habit. Wait for somebody to ask. Allow them to ask. If they want help, then give it. But if they haven't asked, don't go sending your energy out there to fix their problems or their uncomfortableness. It's not your responsibility to fix everyone. You will deplete your precious life force. And I use the word precious And I mean it. So learn how to say the following. And and I'm giving you a few things to practice. Practice, practice, practice. Do role playing. Stand in front of the mirror. Say these things daily until you become strong enough to do and say them easily with regularity. Are you ready for the first one? No. I'm going to repeat that because I think some of you need to hear it again. No. A simple no works wonders. I can't. You don't need to apologize when you say no. Do you notice how uncomfortable you feel when I start saying the things that you are having difficulty saying? I'm finished. Doesn't mean you have to help doesn't mean you have to reach out. It doesn't mean you need to take care of the world. I'm done. I'm not able to continue, fill in the blank. I want you to practice these. So the first one, do you remember what it was? Say it with me, no. Number two, I can't. Number three, I'm finished. Number four, I'm done. Five, I'm not able to continue. Don't feel guilty about saying no. And if you have overcommitted, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to decide I have overcommitted and I said yes when I really meant no. How often do you say yes when you really mean no? I know lots of us women, okay, guys, now. Don't listen to this. Okay. How many times have you had sex when you really didn't want to? How many times did you agree when you really didn't want to? Uh Uh-huh. I know. All right. We're kind, right? In servitude. (laughs) And just what the narcissist loves. Now, I got to tell you, this, this could be Uh, men. I have male clients that have had narcissistic partners. So it, you know, it's both sides of the coin here. Um, We are bipartisan. Uh, The characteristics of the empath can be used against us. We have to stand and stay on guard. An empath makes us a great target for the narcissist that loves to be served, cared for, loved, taken care of, and early on in the love bonding stage, it can feel idyllic if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, even though their stories seem to sound bigger than life, almost unbelievable. We see their potential and we want to fix their internal pain. It sounds as if the relationship with the empath and narcissist is idyllic, doesn't it? It's not. It's not (laughs) the empath takes the burden of the narcissist. We support them. We laugh at their jokes. We listen intently to their stories. What we are supporting is a lie because this is not the truth of who they are. You in a narcissistic relationship are in a war. There may not be guns and ammunition, but you're in a war with a narcissist. This is a battle for your sanity. And you may have felt absolutely batshit crazy. I know I did for a long while and I wrote an article, you can Google it. I used to feel batshit crazy. Yes, that's what the article was called. And I talked about that. So what are the three best kept secrets of dealing with a narcissist? Well, number one, the narcissist will bring you to your knees. They may be beautiful, they may be handsome, they may be sexy, the sex may be amazing, but they will bring you to your knees. You will wonder where the you that you used to be went. You can lose everything, your, your sanity, your license, your license to practice medicine or law. Um, you might lose your home, your bank account, your sense of self, and even your children. I'm not kidding. What is going on in my house? Cut it out, you guys. Geez, while I'm here on the radio, my cats are having a war. Uh, So no, it's true. You can lose absolutely everything. And and I have lost most of those things. So what does the narcissist do? Well, they want to be served. Remember, Uh, they won't appreciate anything that you do. They might at first, but that will not last long. You won't get the kudos, and you will rarely receive thanks. In fact, what you will hear is, I never asked you to do that. Have you ever heard that? There is no grace, there is no gratitude. The magnificent feast will not be appreciated. You'll be asked, why you forgot the salt, you'll be told it was too cold, it wasn't flavored properly, you'll be told your hair looks thin, it doesn't look good that way, you'll be criticized for your new hairdo for not being attractive enough, you'll be too thin, you'll be too fat, you'll be looking too old or wrinkled or the bloom is off the rose. All of these things, whether it's your lover or your mother, <laughs> the narcissist is adept at put downs and criticism you're even going to ask yourself, what the hell am I doing here if you don't even like a thing about me? Don't worry. If your mother's a narcissist, north, north, north if she's a narcissist, uh, she will be just as ruthless and cutting with her remarks. Don't worry. She will be. Your confidence will be destroyed, your self esteem gone. You'll begin to believe that you never were good enough or that you're not ever good enough, or anything that you do is never good enough. And so no matter how highly successful you were, how much money you made, how well educated you were, the narcissist will put you down. I have a little story to share, it's a very short one. My mother told me that I should return to university and get the degree that her golden grandchild, yes, not only is there a golden child, but there's a golden grandchild, Uh, that she got, even though I have a thriving business that I love, that allows me to live wherever I want, work wherever I am. You're never good enough. The narcissist systematically breaks you down so that you feel insignificant, that you cannot leave. You will feel that you cannot make it on your own. You'll feel like you can't raise your children by yourself. You'll... um, (laughs) You will put up with being treated inhumanely for years, and when you do recognize that you're being used, broken down to keep you stuck, you are so trauma bonded that leaving becomes unbearable and often impossible. It can take you years to get out. It took me five You will cater to their excess demands because the narcissist knows how to keep you reeled in. The narcissist has a sixth sense that detects your vulnerability. They know exactly what to say to hurt you to the quick. They know who to compare you to that will hurt you most. The narcissist detects vulnerability through verbal and physical cues. They watch your body language. They look to see how you lean in when you talk to others. They watch your face. They notice your eyes. They feel and see the pain when you tap into others. They hear the tone of your voice and know you are vulnerable. People who are vulnerable tend to look down a lot. They speak in a soft voice. They are overly nice and accommodating. And upon the first meeting, the narcissist has you pegged. The narcissist can tell if you're a target and a good candidate. They watch your behavior. They know that you have a high level of trust of others. You are compassionate, cooperative, tolerant. These are all traits they love to take advantage of. Gleefully, I might add. The narcissist uses the empath's vulnerability to reel them in and keeps you enmeshed in a toxic partnership. And whether the narcissist is... Your mother or a partner, the raison d'etre is the same. The reason for living is the same. They target your emotional wounds and destroy your self-esteem. If you've been hurt in the past or have a history of choosing partners who end up being detrimental to your well-being, no, this cycle can be broken. I did it. Stay till the end, and we're going to address what you can do. I did it and I helped my clients to overcome their past, break free of the narcissistic toxicity. The narcissist will isolate you from friends and family. They make friends and family the enemy. And I'm gonna share a personal story. It happens systematically and makes you wonder what happened. Well, I was seven and a half months pregnant. I was married to Bill Gates and we moved to England. And um, I had sciatica and though he made tons of money, he refused to buy me a car and I had sciatica. I was unable to walk for more than an hour and a half in the morning. I had to take a taxi, a train, a subway, another train, and then walk almost a mile to my doctor's office. He refused to buy me a car. And then what did he do when my family wanted to come visit? He made them bad people. He wanted to keep them away. He didn't want my flight attendant friends when I used to fly for Air Canada. He didn't want them visiting me. He kept telling me that they were using us when they had a free hotel and a per diem. The narcissist will make your best friends out to be marauders and fakes and users when it's the other way around. So (laughs) there's more on that one. He wanted me to drive him to the airport and pick him up. And even after I had the baby, my second son, and I was breastfeeding, you know what that's like. You've got about an hour and a half in between feedings if you're lucky. And he wanted me to pick him up at the airport. He didn't want me to have a car. He liked being adored, the adoring family coming to pick up my husband. All right, so you've probably heard of the love bombing. Oh, I love you so much. I love you. I love you. This is a phase that ends miserably, and when that stops, the narcissist Likely is having an affair with someone else. They blame outside influences for your troubles. They will blame your parents, your grandparents, your siblings, your best friends, and even your children. Cutting you off from your family and friends, not even allowing family to visit, even at their wedding, at the wedding. Once in isolation, away from support, the narcissist offers the silent treatment. Doesn't even speak to you. Turns you away. And when you want sex, no they withhold love, affection, and anything that makes you feel good. They'll criticize and abandon you. So this is like the narcissist in, um, the, the narcissist behavior is like the North Korean torture methods in the 50s. In the prisoner of war camps, American soldiers were put in animal pens no more than three and a half feet high. They were... Uh, their coats and outer clothing taken off and only in rubber boots. And their ultimate weapon, though, was solitary confinement. Excuse me. Told you my animals are having a war here. Okay, so, but the ultimate weapon, solitary confinement without emotional support. And then negativity in its most intense form. The soldiers were stripped of everything. They had nothing to live for. They were told their families didn't love them and they subsequently lost belief in themselves. It was an emotional, psychological torture of isolation, depriving them of love, belief, and a desire to live and some of them died within days. So what the narcissist does is a form of torture. It's systematic. I've known women married to narcissists that barely escape with their lives, down to 90 pounds, isolated, tortured with negativity, hospitalized. And they're lucky to be alive today. Narcissists have a deep psychotic rage. They can be angered when you walk through the home. You might open a cupboard, and that's all you need to do. And they scream, or worse, in my household, (laughs) my mother tortured me, brushing my hair, intentionally hurting me. She did the same thing to my daughter. So she recently expressed what that felt like, and then screaming when you said it hurt. You may become so overly anxious that you're afraid to breathe, you know. And as a teenager, I was so thin and anxious that when I went to visit my high school girlfriend in California, her family didn't even recognize me. I'd lost so much weight. I was so anxious. I wasn't even myself. So we we become afraid to breathe, afraid to be ourselves. We walk on eggshells and that can become a way of life. The narcissist punishes by withholding attention, affection, even sex. And if you live apart, they may not return phone calls or texts. In my mother's case, I've witnessed her going for weeks, even months, without calling and didn't call me back. And once I, contact with her for over two years. She never called me during that time. The narcissist is malicious, jealous, cruel. They don't deserve your devotion, compassion, or empathy. The narcissist confuses, isolates, and abuses. Not a good combination. It's easier to exploit someone who prefers to stay alone. The empath loves to serve. The narcissist loves to be served. So you may think this sounds like the perfect match. But the narcissist is entitled. And we already mentioned most narcissists have little grace or gratitude. And as an empath, we feel the emptiness of the narcissist, we absorb their pain, and we can become burdened by absorbing those emotions. So how can you turn it around? There is a silver lining here. You can commit to yourself to heal. You can free yourself from your past. You can forgive yourself. Forgiving yourself actually is paramount. We need to stop beating ourselves up for not seeing clearly sooner. There is a silver lining. Empaths make incredible coaches and healers. In fact, We make the best coaches and healers. We carry burdens that don't belong to us that we must let go. We can feel uncomfortable when others are in pain. We feel what our clients are going through. We are beautiful, kind, and loving. The empath loves wholeheartedly, and it's an amazing thing. But you need your batteries charged regularly. And if you have to deal with a parent that is a narcissist, there is a way. Make your visit short and sweet. Retreat to solitude and nature in between. Tell them that you love them. They love to hear that. We all do. So remember, chronic fatigue can result if you don't retreat and recharge in solitude. Meditation helps a great deal. Daily meditation will help you tremendously. Sitting in silence daily helps you to recharge. Turn off the television and the social media. There can be too much emotional charge that you absorb with social media and the news especially. You are a highly tuned creature. You have beautiful gifts. You might hear things. You might communicate with animals, birds, Cats, dogs, you see lights, you hear sounds that no one else hears. You feel what the trees feel. Connect deeply to mountains, streams. Being close to nature is the fastest way to resolve this deep burdening of emotional overload. So don't forget to ground yourself. Do it every day. So we're going to do a little grounding meditation to give you an idea of what you can do and what that will allow you to release. And that's uh, one of the ways that you can do so. So what I'd like you to do is uncross your arms and legs, sit up straight if you're sitting in a chair. If you're not, um, you can do so laying down, but it's a little, a little easier to envision this when you're sitting up. So I'd like you to envision white light coming through the top of your head. And this white light is healing, pure energy. Healing energy coming through the top of your head, relaxing your crown, relaxing your eyebrows, relaxing your eyes, relaxing your sinuses, coming through your face, relaxing all your facial muscles, your jaw, relaxing your throat, relaxing your neck, coming down through the top of your chest, clearing anything in its path, coming down to your heart chakra, warming your heart, opening your heart, envision your energy field getting stronger, going down through your abdomen, down through your torso, this energy moving down through your thighs, through your knees, through your calves, through your feet, down, down, down into the center of the earth, grounding deeply into the earth, allowing you to grow roots like a tree to ground you deeply into the earth. Expand those roots out in every direction feeling stronger as those roots grow. And now take a nice, slow inhale. And as you do, your energy is cleansed, coming back, transmuting all negativity back through the center of your feet, through your ankles, through your calves, through your knees, through your thighs, through your torso, up into the bottom of your heart resting there and allowing the energy again to come through the top of your head, down through your third eye, through your nasal passages, your sinuses, clearing anything in the way that needs to move, down through the throat, through the high heart, down into your heart chakra, joining that grounded energy, and holding together in the middle of your heart. Now you are connected to the heaven and the earth at the same time. You are a multidimensional being. You can do this anytime you feel anxious, anytime you feel fearful. Now breathe normally, allow yourself to come back to the room. Your energy strengthened, expanded, feeling beautiful, feeling loved. Excellent job. That was great. You did beautiful. Take another deep breath. Beautiful. So the number one thing we have to do if we begin to heal, we want to heal, is to make a commitment to ourself, a commitment is it like a pact? It's like a contract with ourselves, but it is, it's higher than that, actually. It's a good thing to write down in your journal. I commit to my healing. I commit to loving myself. And I promise to do the best I can every day to love myself as I am. Loving ourselves does not mean that we have to change who we are. It's, it's the exact opposite. We're actually becoming more of who we are, more authentic, instead of having to be the chameleon, which if you are an empath and if you've been in a narcissistic relationship, you've probably been the chameleon. Oh, you want me to be green? I'll be green. You want me to do cartwheels? I'll do cartwheels. That's what we do when we try to please other people. We have to stop doing that. So part of the commitment is honoring yourself. And self-love is the fastest path to healing from narcissistic abuse. I have several systems that I use to heal trauma of a a mother who's a narcissist. And I'm going to share a couple of those things with you now cutting cords and pulling hooks is another you have a heart tie it is in the center of your chest so you grab the heart tie close your eyes think of the person that you want to release extend your arm away from your body open your palm i release you with love and you can use invisible scissors to cut Cords and then we have hooks here. We want to release with love, always with love. You don't want to release with vengeance or anger. We're releasing with love because we don't want anything negative coming back to us. Ah, that feels good, doesn't it? So, after spending time with someone that is an energy vampire, and how do you know? Well, you feel exhausted after spending time with them. You may feel drained, bombarded, actually. So be sure to unplug and cut the cords. And that's what I did with you just then. All right. So you know, I always have a segment on It's All Bullshit. My book will be out next year. There has been a slight delay. It is not ready to Birth just yet. But I have another book coming out later this year. All right. So the it's all bullshit segment. What is bullshit about a narcissist or an empath? Well, you may want to save him or her. You may even stay in the relationship long after you knew it was over. You stay because you want to save them. You might want to be the hero. (laughs) (laughs) You stay because you want to fix them and make their pain go away, but you cannot fix or save a narcissist. You cannot heal them. And for a narcissist to heal, they have to be willing to look deep inside at their light and dark and what happened as a child. Honestly, but they can't. They cannot see the truth inside themselves. A narcissist will not go to therapy. There is nothing wrong with them. In their mind they are good I like that one yeah there's nothing wrong with them <laughs> the truth is the only one we can save is who us right the only one you can save is yourself who is the only one that you can save I want to make sure that you repeat this who is the only one you can save? yes you The only one that we can heal is ourselves. We can recover from narcissistic abuse. It may take years, but it can be done. It took me over 35. I was a bit of a slow learner, but I did it by myself. But now you've got me and I've done it. I've healed all of it, including my relationship with my mom. So where do you start? You start by monitoring your thoughts, You read books like Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life, or good books on narcissistic abuse like the Narcissistic Playbook, or the Narcissist Playbook, pardon me, or When Pleasing You is Killing Me by Dr. Les Carter, or Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. These are all great books. I'll I'll tell you the books again so you have them. You Can Heal Your Life, that's by Louise Hayes. I've had about five copies of that book. Narcissistic Abuse. Uh, Let's see, The Narcissist Playbook. When Pleasing You Is Killing Me by Les Carter, Doctor. Or Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. Or you can hire a coach that has done the work and knows the ropes like me. Doing it alone could take you many years. And if you want to speed up the process, save yourself a lot of money and time. Hire someone that has done it. And I'll give you some secrets to healing deep trauma. This is good stuff. Do you have your pen and pencil ready? Well, you can always listen to this again and I invite you to do so. So number one, we talked about this already, commit to yourself. Commit to doing whatever it takes to forgive yourself and let go of the past. That's number one. Number two, stop telling your sorry sorry story. (laughs) Stop telling your story. Change your story. And you can do that. You know, we, we create with our thoughts. So if you keep focusing on the past, you keep dragging it into your present and your future. So think of what you want rather than what you don't want. Here's another book that's wonderful is transmuting. No, what is it? Transurfing in 78 days. Transurfing in 78 days. Great book. Um, I also have a show on BBS about bending reality where I talk about bending reality. It's how to create a different future for yourself. You know, if we focus on the pain what are we going to attract more pain use mantras to reprogram the unconscious mind did you know 95% of the thoughts we think are ones we're not even aware of i'll be doing clearings on clients and i'll say you've got you've got despair and you have grief and they'll go no i don't well, it's unconscious. You're not aware of it. So the unconscious beliefs that we have, we're unaware of. We don't. It's like the iceberg beneath the surface. We don't see it. So we don't even know that we're thinking most of the time that our mind is running. So using mantras will help to uh, reprogram the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind through repetition. And I'm going to give you three right now. So the first mantra is, I love me. And if that doesn't feel good, I am loved. And the third one is, I am enough. You are enough. You might just not believe it yet. So when you use mantras, when you're in the shower, drying your hair, walking your dog, driving your car cooking cutting up veggies do the mind the mantra when your mind is in neutral you know driving a stick you ever driven a stick shift you put the stick in neutral it, it doesn't your car doesn't go anywhere right sticks in neutral that is what we do with with the mantras we're doing mantras when the mind is in neutral and the mind is in neutral it's not engaged when we're doing mundane tasks, the things that we've done a thousand times before. Brushing your teeth, washing your face, taking a shower, shaving, putting on makeup, drying your hair, folding laundry, driving your car, walking your dog, swimming. Swimming is a great way to reprogram the mind because you, you just shut the mind off while you're swimming, doing laps. It's a really good time. I used to do a lot of laps and and do my mantras then. All right. So what were the mantras? Do you remember? Do you remember the first one? I love me. I love me. And you could, you know, hug yourself. I love me. That could work very well. The next one is I am loved. Try which one feels the best. Repeat it slowly, gently in the background of your mind. Just float it through the background of your mind. And then the third is, I am enough. I suggest you use one for the first two weeks and put it on your dashboard of your car, put it on a post-it on your mirror, put it on the refrigerator to remind you because you'll forget. This is a new habit. It takes 40 days to break old behaviors and patterns. And so you have to do it daily, every single day. Don't beat yourself up if you miss a day. Remember, we're not supposed to abuse ourselves. Do it often. Associate with people who love and accept you. Steer clear of people who drain your energy choose to be with loving, supportive, and kind people. Read books that help you stay focused and positive. And when I was healing myself, I read thousands of books. The mind loves to learn. Keep your mind active with learning. It makes you feel good. It expands your mind. You know, the mind is plastic. Your IQ can increase, why not? All right, next, exercise, walk outside in nature. Go to a stream or a forest whenever you can, go climb a mountain. All right, so there's lots of different ways that we can heal. Journaling, write in a journal about how you feel, what you're focusing on. Write a letter to the narcissist. This works very well. So you write the letter. say whatever you want to say to the narcissist. You're not going to mail this letter. Say everything that you want to say. Get all your emotions out. Write all the things down that you you wanted to tell them, but you never could. Write until the page is full. And then you could take a Sharpie and write all over the, the words again. And then when you've done that brain and emotion dump, burn the letter. If you want to get rid of the person, you can flush the, flush the letter and then they can be out of your life. If you want to maintain the relationship, you can throw the ashes outside or in the trash, put them in the garden. Do not give up on yourself. Avail yourself of free resources on my website. I have a ton. Over 1,100 blog articles and books on Amazon, as well as YouTube videos, hundreds of YouTube videos. And I'm in different clothes and everyone is different. It'll give you something to do. Watch a video every day. You'll be busy for a while. I recommend that you stick with one person as opposed to hopping. I know a lot of people have shiny object syndrome. They listen to one person, then they listen to another, then they listen to another. It's really better to stay with one. Keep a soft focus when you think of yourself. Think of yourself as a a newborn baby If you have ever had a child or held a child, remember what they were like when they were babies, how sweet they were when they cried. Would you beat them up when they pooped? Would you beat them up? Of course not. So don't beat yourself up. Be kind to yourself with your words, your thoughts, your deeds. I cannot tell you how many people that I work with continue to criticize themselves. Stop completing the narcissist's dastardly job. Stop it. If your thoughts aren't kind, change them. Use your imagination. Remember what Einstein said? You cannot fix a problem with the same mindset that created it. So you must use a different mindset to heal. You cannot beat yourself up like you've been beaten up by others. Be kind to you. If your thoughts aren't kind, put a rubber band on your wrist and twing, twing it every time you think of a nasty thought and you're telling yourself something horrible. I did that for a while. I think I did it for about three days. I went, I'm not doing this anymore. It did help, though. It really helped. It was a pattern interrupt. That's what we need. So if you have trouble staying on track, do the rubber band thing. And you know what I used to, I've, I've said this so many times. I think somebody created a new product. They took my idea and ran with it and they're selling this product. All right. So remember that we create our health with our thoughts and our emotions, get an energy clearing regularly. There's free energy clearings out there. And I have some packages that are very reasonable. There's infinite. Everything that has 19 energy clearings in it. It will help you heal relationships. It'll help you. Think very differently about why you got into these relationships. There's so many wonderful things in that package, Infinite Everything. 19 energy clearings and a bonus of healing the birth trauma. It walks you through the birth and a rebirth from a very different perspective place with a healed mom. It's really powerful. And the Infinite Everything package with the 19 energy clearings is only $97. It's on my website. And if you can't find it, email me at jenniferelizabethmasters at gmail.com. And I also have a depression package, $67, that will heal anxiety, worry, depression, suicide ideation, guilt, and shame. What can you get for $67 that can do those things? Listen to it every day. You know, at the beginning of the hour, I mentioned... um, The foundation of my program, my programs are all about self-love. And there's a reason for this. You know, without the love of self, we will not be happy permanently. Self-love is one of the gifts God has given us. Beating yourself up, self-abuse, self-criticism, it's ungodly. You are trashing yourself by beating yourself up which is why you feel so fucking awful. Stop doing that. I don't know about you, but I love me. And I'm going to suggest that you get back to loving you too. I love you. I appreciate you. Have a beautiful, kind, compassionate, and caring night. Remember, being an empath is a gift, not a curse. I love you. Thanks for being here. I'm going back.